You are listening to an Awkward Human podcast. For more information on this podcast or all of our shows, visit awkwardhuman.com slash shows. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number two of Interview with a Comic Book Nerd. I am your host, Richard Cardenas. Hi. <laughs> welcome. So I know last week at the end of the episode, I said that this show was going to be bi-weekly, but I decided to change that. Um, I don't know why, just to do it, because why not have an episode every single week? So sorry, guys, the show is no longer bi, um, but I'll be releasing one every single week. So this will be fun. I'm going to change things up every once in a while. I can do that. It's my show. Yay. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start the show uh, like we did last week with a uh, issue of a comic book that stood out to me that week. And this week that is going to be a Batman Detective Comics book. It's issue number 950. This was their, um, what, what, what is it called? Their Oversize Annual Special. Uh, this one, the top, or there's like three stories uh, that are in it but I'm gonna talk about the first one only because it was the one that like really stood out to me so the first one follows Cassandra Kane, who right now is running around as Orphan and this one is written by James the IV uh, artist is Marcio Takara and colors are Dean White uh, I really really enjoyed this one because it got to show you a little bit more of who Orphan is as a character kind of uh, a little bit about her background or just like an inside look at who she is because she doesn't really speak very much at all. She will say a couple words here and there, but she's not very vocal. She doesn't express herself very much. This character was raised uh, in the League of Shadows, I believe. Um, her father was in the League of Shadows and he raised her to be this weapon and she kind of goes into that, but the issue opens up with her following a ballet dancer, a ballerina, around. And the ballet dancer, ballerina, is practicing a dance that she's got to do. And in the shadows is Cassandra Kane, orphan. And she's copying the moves, or at least dancing along to the choreography with this dancer. And the dancer sees her and catches her. And Cassandra is freaked out. She you know, disappears right away and she heads over to her friend's house. Uh, I believe this character's code name is Bluebird. And she's kind of freaking out because she got caught. And so the the friend that she goes to visit is kind of wondering, you know, what's up? And she can't really vocalize what her problem is. And so she basically leaves and she starts thinking about um kind of who she is, how she was raised and everything. And she talks or she shows us when she first came into contact or not contact but when she first saw a ballerina she was on a mission or a job I don't know what you would call it but she was on a job to kill someone um, and she happened to have to do this uh, during a ballet recital or some dance that was happening and she fell in love with the art form she fell in love with the movements and everything and she decided that she was going to incorporate ballet into her fighting style because it was similar Everything, you know, was uh, supposed to be calculated and kind of like a choreographed movement and everything. And so she decided she was going to, you know, incorporate ballet. And so you start seeing her incorporate the dance um, into her moves and everything. And it's really, really beautiful. Uh, later on, she's talking to Batman because she's on a mission. Um, she's kind of he's afraid that she's going out of control and she, that she's going to really really hurt these people so he kind of stops her and you you see them talking to each other and she keeps seeing people with red dots on various parts of their body and later she explains that because she was raised as this assassin that when she looks at people she can pinpoint exactly where she needs to hit them to knock them out to kill them and it's kind of crazy because she she talks about how it's just like an automatic thing. Like she just has to do that. She has to see it that way. And she talks about how Batman trains his team to be, you know, really good fighters. Uh, he trains his team on how to like, you know, take out the enemy and everything, not murder them, but, you know, just take them out so that they're not a threat anymore. And she talks about how 
she has to train herself a different way because she doesn't need to be trained on how to knock someone out. She needs to be trained on how not to kill them. And so it's something that frightens her. Um, and it was it was a very, very good little bit of this anniversary special. At the end, it's, you know, all these emotions with Batman and everything. Um, so it was really, really great to see that. I don't know too much of this character. They do let you know in the editor's notes to check out Batman and Robin Eternal Volume 1 to kind of read more about her, which I will definitely be picking up at some point. Um, she's fascinating to me. She's a fascinating character. Um, but anyway, a lot happened this weekend and this past weekend, one of which being a free comic book day. And it was actually my very first one. So I was very excited about that. Um I have a friend, John Bring, who's going to be on the show next week, who he's an artist and he and his, uh, I guess, artist mate, friend, <laughs> uh, Sebastian Kadlesic were doing sketches at Earth 2 Comics in Sherman Oaks, California. And so I decided that I was going to go over there, pick up some free comics and some issues that I needed to get anyway and have a sketch done. And that was really cool. So he actually, John, did a sketch for me of Orphan. This was, you know, soon after I read that issue that I just talked about. And so she's fascinating and I wanted a sketch of her. He did it for me in like 10 minutes or less and it came out awesome. And it's on my Instagram. You can follow me at Let Richard C or don't follow me. Just check out the image that he did. It's really cool. And he posts a lot of his stuff on his own Instagram, which I believe is J.R. Bring. Not sure. He'll be on the guest page. You can follow his Instagram from the guest page on the website. But anyway, so uh, I picked up a few comics. I haven't read them yet. Uh, two of the free comics that I got were Secret Empire and Captain America Steve Rogers. Um, I'm not reading any of the Captain America stuff. I just figured that since it's there, might as well get it. Why not? Uh, but the Secret Empire is the event of the summer right now for Marvel or spring. Um, so I decided that I was going to pick that up. So I will read it and then we'll see what happens from there. But also what happened this weekend was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 came out and I went to go see that. So my thoughts on it, there was, a, this is going to be a spoiler for you. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. Um, but basically the movie had much, much, much heavier emotions going on this time around than it did the first time. This time we get to really dive into the characters and and kind of see what their monsters are, what haunts them-ish kind of situation, like their dark sides, what they're really feeling on the inside and stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, every single character was suffering from something, some kind of internal emotional thing. So I thought that was really great. They obviously passed the Bechdel test because it's James Gunn. So why wouldn't he? For those who don't know, the Bechdel test is when you have two females in a scene having a conversation together and they don't talk about men. Um, that means you pass the Bechdel test. So anyway, they passed that. Um, what was cool is that we got to see the relationship between Star-Lord's parents, you know, how they met and how that whole situation turned out and everything. I mean, we know how it turned out, but we get to dive into a little bit of what that was. And that was pretty cool. So overall, I thought it was a good movie. I wasn't like in love with it or anything. It's definitely not a favorite of mine. I thought it was slow at times. Uh, and it felt this isn't a criticism but for me, it felt a bit like a Star Wars film where it was all like, like it's, it's minor spoiler. It's not really a spoiler, but uh, there there was just a lot of space shooting action. And, you know, when I go out to see my superhero movies, I really like the hand to hand combat stuff. But uh, it otherwise, other than that, it was a good movie. Um, it wasn't my favorite, but it was good. You know, whatever. <laughs> this week on this uh, episode. I have a conversation with Catherine Elise, and we are going to be talking about Wolfsbane, Rain Sinclair. She is one of the original New Mutants from Marvel Comics. And uh, the only thing I knew about her was that she was like a werewolf character. So it was great for Catherine to come in and basically just share all her knowledge with me, which is what the show is. But it was a great conversation. So here is Catherine Elise talking all about Wolfsbane. There you go. Okay. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Richard. Welcome to my you? show. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. I'm really excited to be I'm here. I'm excited to have you here. Um, <laughs> this is a character that I don't know all too well for you, the audience. We're talking about Rain Sinclair, Wolf mm -hmm. Spain. 
Um, my only knowledge of her is that she's on the X-Men team. Yes. Well, one of them. Uh-huh. Uh, she's been on many of them, but mm-hmm. um, she's X-Men. Uh, she is like a werewolf type of girl. Yep. She came from a super religious background. Yep. And that's pretty much where You it nailed ends. it. You nailed it. That's all I know about her, too. So oh, I guess I'll leave. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. So you're totally right. So I for me and oh, my gosh, my origin story of how I heard about Rain is pretty funny because I definitely uh, started. I, X-Men were something that I got into after I saw the um, after I saw X-Men Evolution on. Nice. Uh, WB, oh, yeah. you know, that Saturday morning. Yeah, cartoons. right. Right around the time of what well, I keep on saying his name is Aftershock and that is definitely not what it is. Static Shock. There we go. Mm, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it, that was kind of when I got into X-Men. I was in comics. I was into comics before that. Uh, my first comic book was uh, Birds of Prey and Buffy. Ooh, Those nice. were my two. Buffy was out by then? Buffy, the comic book was out by then. Okay. Well, I was a pretty young I started, I think I... Oh, I, you are young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for, I forgot about that. Now I'm really surprised. Now I'm like, how old are you? Because I feel like we're not that different in age, Probably but it's fine. not, but I'm 31. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that in that in that age range, that can make a huge mm-hmm. difference mm-hmm. as far as like what your cultural touchstones are. Right. So yeah, so I, uh, Buffy the comic book was out by then. And I started reading comics when I was like in sixth grade. So around okay. 11-ish. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That had happened. But so I didn't really read the X-Men comics and then they turned into being some of my favorite characters. Mm. But all that being said, should I just start talking about Rain first? Is that whatever you want? Great. Well, then I'm (laughs) going to take us on a magical journey through my history with comics. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so I I I was very into comics and I started getting into X-Men, but I always gravitated towards either uh, Rogue or Mystique. Those were my two kind of mainstays on the lady front Mm -hmm. and occasionally a little storm as well. I thought she was uh, do do we curse? Can we curse? Yeah. Okay. I thought she was a badass. So I was I was. Uh, those were my three top three ladies. And I didn't really know anything about Wolfsbane and hadn't really paid attention to her until I joined this RPG group Ooh. online, Yahoo Groups back in the day. <laughs> Yahoo. And we did. Oh, yes. Also, fun fact about me. I do not say Yahoo the way that other people do. I say Yahoo. <laughs> and it's the only it's the only bit of uh, word that I've ever been called out for not saying correctly. So not like the website, but like what you would call like a crazy guy. Yes, okay. I say Yahoo. And then people are like, but what about the whole promo, which is Yahoo. <laughs> also sponsored. This episode right. is sponsored yes. by Yahoo. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the uh, but I've, I've just never said it correctly. Anyway, so I was so I will continue to not say it correctly while I tell this story and everybody will be, will be <laughs> fine with your it. life. Thank you. So. So, yeah. So I was on this RPG group on Yahoo where they had this thing where everyone picked a character and you would go on these boards and you would collectively write stories together, sort of. Mm -hmm. And it would be a back and forth and like you could be on one thread, but you couldn't be in two threads at once. So like (laughs) if you were going to leave that thread, you had to close out that storyline with that other person and then move on to this other thread. And it was all just like budding teenage hormones trying to figure out how to (laughs) role play cyber sex, but not knowing how to do it. Uh So yeah, that's essentially what it was. And so I applied, you have to apply and you you send wow, in your application. This was, like legit. this was legit. And this was definitely not the first RPG group that I joined. <laughs> so let's just be clear. My nerd status is high. Mm-hmm. It is uh, it is true. And it is in me completely. <laughs> so I applied to be uh, a part of this RPG. And I wanted to be, I think I wanted to be Mystique. That was the way. Yeah. Mystique was the one that I applied to be. Cause I like her cause you can change into a bunch of, of other course. characters. And so she's great. And I applied to be Mystique and they said, no, 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 no. So sorry. <laughs> Everybody wants to be Mystique. You can't be Mystique. We already have a Mystique. Oh. Here's a list of the other characters that you could play. And the first one was Rain Sinclair. Mm. And I started Googling her and I was like, Hold on, wait, she's a werewolf? <laughs> Why didn't I ever know about this girl in the X-Men before? <laughs> and I guess I had just never really read the books that she was in because the other thing that's a little daunting about X-Men as a whole, I would say, is that there are so many, so many. books. Yes. It's so many. And I was typically going towards wherever Nightcrawler was or Mystique. Like Those were the two that I'm following and trying to figure out what's going on with them. 
But so I just kept on learning more about Rain. I was like, she is really cool. And I want to write from her perspective. And so my very first real interaction with Rain was pretending to be her. Nice. And doing research from that sort Mm -hmm. of place. So I have a real deep connection to my girl (laughs) Rain. Uh, Did you like look up any of the other characters that were on that list? Or did you see her name and you're like, this is the one. I don't even have to look. Yeah, it was because I don't even remember what the other ones were. Or maybe there were like some that I knew and I was like, I don't want to be Toad, you know, like (laughs) something like that. Well, that's fair. Yeah, I I think it's pretty (laughs) fair. So, so yeah, so I I think I, but I don't remember looking up any other characters Mm -hmm. to answer your question. It was sort of like one and done. As soon as I figured out who she was, I was into it. Because a big reason why I like Nightcrawler is sort of that religious angst that mm-hmm. happens with him. Right. But he's still funny. Uh, and I think of Rain as sort of Nightcrawler, but more emo. She lets right. the emo-ness really get to her a lot more. Mm-hmm. And that really appealed to my 13-year-old <laughs> self. Yeah, your it's aesthetic. Like, <laughs> yes. I said, oh, <laughs> I'm listening to Dashboard Confessional. I <laughs> yes. get this. <laughs> exactly. So... Yeah, that's how I started getting into her was through writing about her. And I found out that one of the big things about her is that she is she was raised by this reverend, Reverend Craig, uh, and he would like beat her and abuse her. And he was the worst reverend in the world. He was horrible. Why did he do this to her? I think it's the internal struggle that we all face as humans where we hate ourselves and therefore we take it on the people closest to us. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what his jam was at the time. And he didn't know, he didn't know personally that Rain was a werewolf and or a werewolf is, she is a mutant. Right. And the way that her uh, mutant abilities manifest is that she happens to shapeshift into werewolf form and she can go full werewolf and then she can go a bunch of stages in between full werewolf where she's like still standing on two legs, but is furry. Uh, is kind of the what you'll see her most as. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she can go all out dog girl right. occasionally. So with Reverend Craig, he was like her stepdad too. That's the other thing is like, he's he was just like a guy that was raising her. He wasn't even necessarily her real father. And so that was also this other weird thing about it all. It's like, you're just being such a dick and you have no reason to be a dick to this girl who's just like this little abandoned baby that you had to take care of. Mm-hmm. So, but, but him raising her in this very religious household, she's Irish by the way. So okay. she's got that like strong Irish Catholic guilt going right. for her. Uh, the only, I would say the only stronger guilt in the universe is the Jewish guilt. <laughs> that would be as far as level of guilt. Right. Yeah. That's how it goes. <laughs> so we had, uh, while I was reading it, that really connected with me, not because my mom is a, a hodgepodge of a lot of different things. She, but she was raised Puerto Rican Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. so less guilt than Irish Catholics, but still a lot of right. guilt. Um, so I think that maybe there was something in that. And then, of course, I was going to church around in a similar time, and we grew up pagan, but my mom still let us go to. Uh, like Christian churches, because she has a relationship with Christ, which is like a whole other crazy conversation to mm-hmm. have. But <laughs> so we were raised with Jesus in our in our household and also had a lot of weird conversations about religion. And my mom was great about letting us talk about it. But there was still a lot that I was internal internalizing from an outside society sort of perspective. Mm-hmm. So so much of what Rain was going through, I was like, yes, I understand this. I'm asking questions that I don't know the answers to. I don't know if like who I am just instinctively is an abomination to God, who I love dearly. You know, uh-huh. there was a lot that I was processing <laughs> at 13. I had a lot of conversations happening for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so Rain, what is also amazing about her is most mutants, I don't know if you know this or not, for the mutant gene to be triggered, a deep trauma has to happen. Right. For the most part. I'm trying to think if, the, if that's not true. Um, I think a lot of times, I think it's either like puberty mm-hmm. or the trauma. Yeah, and puberty is its own trauma. I think we can all. <laughs> yes, we can agree with that. <laughs> so, so her trauma was like a particularly heinous night where she was getting beaten by the reverend. Oh, God. And um, now I'm thinking she's definitely not Catholic. She's for sure pro- Protestant because... Uh, Catholics don't have reverence. So <laughs> I, I'm retconning. I'm not very good. That's Great. okay. Great. <laughs> you can retcon here. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, so she um 
yeah, so she she goes wolf on the Reverend when he's like almost killing her. And, she's and at like, this point, he didn't know that she was a mutant. No, and she didn't know she was a mutant. Like none of that conversation is happening. She's just, you know, struggling with the fact that am I allowed to be loved is sort of more mm-hmm. what her struggle is because her parental figure sucks. And so she wolfs out. She attacks him, but she doesn't kill him. And she runs away and she's super freaked out. And this asshole. Oh, God. Even though he triggered this intense thing that maybe she could have gone on her whole life with, without ever having to deal with this, right? This guy who triggered it is so freaked out by the fact that she's a monster that he gets the village to go mm. after her a la Frankenstein. Typical village mob. Yes. Yeah. It was, it's sad to me. Which it's interesting because, okay, did you, you knew Nightcrawler prior to. Yes. So they, they have like that similar is yes. that like he even had a mob coming after him. Yes. And that's, I think another part of so much of my connection to Rain was I was like, oh, this is Nightcrawler. But like, A, she's more emo about everything. And B, she's a girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm into that. And C, I love werewolves. <laughs> that is like just a fact about me. I, and I love specifically female werewolves because I think it talks about in a broader context uh, female anger and female sexuality in a way we don't normally talk about. That's interesting. Yeah. So all of that combined into this beautiful package. And she had short hair. And I was rocking this short hair then. Nice. And so it was like, this is my girl. <laughs> this is my girl. I got you. You're everything I've ever wanted in a character. And you've existed before I did. So <laughs> why didn't I know about you? <laughs> yeah. You know? So yeah. Okay. So where are we now? So we've talked about the fact that Rain has some stuff going on and she's just been chased around by villagers and then she kind of has this really great relationship with moira mctaggart uh who's a scientist which was also kind of cool because she went a little nerdier during that period where she was like oh yeah i'm gonna help my my lady scientist mentor and then was she hanging out with moira before she got in with the with the x-men or yes okay so i think moira was her was her way into the X-Men. But I think that's something that you find out later because Rain is part of New Mutants. Right. Which is the first time X-Men sort of had a splinter cell mm-hmm. where they're like, okay, well, I guess we're I guess we're just going to have another separate team because all of our characters are growing up. This was when they were actually still trying to age comic book characters. And right. now that's pretty much stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So, Rain... I think later you find out that she had been with Moira because when Moira kicks the bucket, it's like a huge moment. And then you find out that it's like why it's a huge moment for her. Okay. If I'm remembering my history correctly. So that I loved that she had this sort of role model that was more science-y. And Moira wasn't a character that I was particularly interested in, but I did think that her being just sort of a normal human being that was hanging out with the X-Men. I always liked that. Mm-hmm. It was like when the X-Men have normies, you know? Right. Well, it's kind of like the the window for us. It's like, this is who I am. Obviously, I'm not a mutant, but this character I can relate to because they're the ones outside looking in. Yeah. I love that you don't identify as the mutant. I always <laughs> identify as the listen, mutant. <laughs> listen, do I want to be a mutant? Desperately. <laughs> Will I ever be a mutant? No. And <laughs> that's the reality I have to live you with. You know what? We live in America. You can be whatever you <laughs> want to be. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I believe in you. Uh, so, yeah. So, I love that she was sort of a more sciencey thing. I think the other thing that kind of made me connect with uh, Rain a little stronger is the same reason that I was interested in Rogue when I first saw her is this sort of outcasty thing. But I think what Rogue had going for her is that, like, dudes liked her mm-hmm. she was just constantly being like no i can't you know, right because i'll kill you if i give you a blowjob you know it's like <laughs> yeah that's a struggle uh but rain was never necessarily the girl that i think had she, her milkshake didn't bring all the boys to the yard you no. know she was a little weirder uh she definitely had a lot of internalized problems about sexuality as well that was huge for her not because she was uh, a lesbian that's never a storyline they've explored with her. Love it if they made her buy, but it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at this point, she's pretty solidly. Uh, yes, I'm a well, straight I don't know. woman with short hair. We could probably retcon her a la Iceman style. Great. Let's do it. <laughs> New- <laughs> just get yes. Jean in there yes. and she'll, she'll take care of the oh, whole yeah, thing yeah, for yeah. us. <laughs> exactly. She'll out somebody without their permission. Love mm-hmm. it. Let's do it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, so with Rain, 
she all of her relationships are also just like fucked and i mean maybe you can make the argument that no x-men has had a really solid romantic <laughs> relationship i don't think it ends well romance in mm-hmm. which maybe we need to have a broader conversation about that of like <laughs> what's happening uh-huh. <laughs> but i get it they're all traumatized and they all don't feel like they belong and you know yeah i'm just saying i would like to see some super confident uh long-term love interests i think that like, you can't have two main characters ever be together in the Mex- X-Men because that's not going to work. But you have people like um, North Star, who has a husband, yes. who's, like, never really featured. Yes. And they're fine, yeah, right? Yeah, and that's nice. <laughs> and you're like, I want them to be okay forever. Until the only other time that North Star's husband gets trotted out is when they need to kill him for a storyline. Like, I feel have like they that's... Killed him? No, but oh, that's okay. going to happen. That's going to happen. It probably will. I mean, they got to give it some time. If they mm-hmm. did it right off the bat, it'd be horrible. But you're going to get to have, like, six issues where there's some really sweet stuff that happens between them. <laughs> and you're like, I, you know what? I didn't really know that much about this character. That's great. And then all of a sudden, he'll just be dead. And right. you'll be like, no, you just... <laughs> <laughs> Made me know him to care about him to kill him. I mean, that's really what uh, the comic book industry is all about is getting you to love their characters and then killing them off. Yeah. I mean, if you think George R.R. R. Martin was the first person that did this, you're not paying attention. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think I have a, a huge theory that comic books are just soap operas that are comfortable for teenage boys to admit they oh, like. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. It's like is. mixing and matching pairings. Mm-hmm. There's the the emotional drama of the week. But instead of like talking about it, they work it out through fight scenes. And then somebody's like, oh, my gosh, I thought you were going to die. I love you so much. I didn't realize how much I loved you. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. that's that's more how it goes. It is. It is. <laughs> So with the reign of it all, now, when we were talking about romantic relationships, the first one that I remember reading about was uh, her with Richter was a huge uh, storyline that I had jumped into. And it didn't go on for super long, but it's like he later becomes gay and Uh they retcon him to being gay. I mean, not super retcon. I think they like bring it up there's you kind of notice in the beginning that there's some stuff that he's struggling with, but then it's not until like 20 years later that she walks in with him with a guy and she's <laughs> pregnant and he's with a guy and she's like, Oh, I'm surprised. And he's like, I'm surprised you're pregnant. So <laughs> I'm surprised you lost your virginity. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So there's that relationship also. Oh my gosh. Her with Cypher, and then he gets killed. Like, right. Is that the one that melds with Warlock? Yeah. So okay. they become Douglock. That's mm-hmm. the one. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Open um, up a whole new can of worms. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, wait. Doug Luck's a different character. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. But yes. Uh huh. So, and then the other, the for me, that was super sad because I was also a huge Cypher fan. Cypher's uh, superpower is that he can, he speaks a bunch of different languages. Essentially, he can sort of translate anything, hence mm-hmm. Cypher. But the way that he uses that is a language is a language is technology. Technology is a language. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what he does is with sort of the techno stuff. So I was like, nerd girl, nerd boy, that's my parent. I'm into that. I like that. But I didn't read that until later. And so I knew while I was reading it that Cypher dies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. Did you know how he died or why he died? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. So that was a that was a surprise for me because he dies saving her. That's mm-hmm. like a huge portion of it. And, you know, that just brings on more internalized guilt that she gets to deal with for just issues upon issues. Years, years of uh, comics are just Rain sort of trying to process the fact that somebody died for her. Mm -hmm. And then we could talk all about there's a... um, uh, another comic book that I really like called Runaways. I don't know if you've heard yes, about that. Yes, I'm actually reading it right now. Oh, okay. I haven't gotten to Rain being in it. But... No, she's not in it. Oh, she's not. Okay. There's a character, Gertie, that mm-hmm. sort of reminds me of Rain in an alternate universe. Oh. For me, it's a little bit more the way that I see Rain in my headcanon mm-hmm. is the way that Gertie is. And there's some stuff that happens with Gertie that I'm like, thank God I at least have one of my people anyway i don't want to spoil anything for you <laughs> we'll move on okay. uh but but yeah so it's so those are the type of comic book characters that i definitely gravitate towards are the ones that are a little more yeah nerdy and awkward mm-hmm. and dealing with a lot of identity issues 
And I guess you can totally say that, like, X-23 deals with that. There are X-Men, I think, that's She's the so comic. so traumatized, though. Yes. She had a lot of fucked up shit yes. happen to her. And it's also so removed <clears throat> from, like, normal life stuff mm-hmm. that it's harder to connect with her, even though I think she's a great character. But essentially they were just like, who's everybody's favorite character? Wolverine. Great. Let's make her a lady. And now you can fap to her and also think she's awesome. So <laughs> that's my official take on X-23. <laughs> I mean, I get she's a little kid in Logan, but like, you know, mm-hmm. that's where yeah, she no. gets taken yeah. into. So anyway, yeah. So I, I've had a hard time connecting with those sort of characters that are just like, I don't know, super great at what they do in a lot of ways and they have their own internalized conflicts. But I, what I'm, what I'm searching for right now is what the difference is between rain and other X-Men, because I do think that rain deals with a lot of the same trauma and issues that other X-Men deal with. Does she ever get to kind of become like the, I don't know, the ultimate version of herself at any point? Or do you feel that she's always been kind of this shy little girl Does she ever get to move past that? She has moments. And I will say, I think Rain, more than any other character, gets to experience the full breadth of womanhood. She's not ever, she doesn't just stay stuck in little girl mode, which I think a lot of characters can. Like, I struggle with that with Kitty Pryde a lot Mm. because she's she's always going to be a certain age group's teenage fantasy and it's really hard for them to let her move past that. Mm-hmm. And she'll always be this cute little girl. Rain gets pregnant. She becomes a mom. She deals with like postpartum depression. Really? In some ways, a lot of internalized guilt about she loses her baby, not in like a miscarriage way, in like a, a goddess is hunting down trying to take her baby. And so... She, in order to save the baby, has to send it to another dimension. Because oh, <laughs> that's Christ. how X-Men <laughs> deal with motherhood. Nobody's allowed to be a real mom. That's <laughs> true. But Jubilee has a child. Great. Didn't know that. <laughs> I <laughs> think she's the only one. Yeah. When did that happen? Oh, I don't know. A while ago. I think she turned into a vampire and then... Great. As long as she was a vampire first. <laughs> yeah. And then she like adopted a kid or something. Oh, okay. But it, it didn't come out of her loins. I don't not know that it's did. Not that that's a different... You know, <laughs> I'm not trying to disparage that the love is any less real. But mm. I do think that like you look at Hope Summers who... Uh, or or so many of the other of the other mutant kids, it's a lot about the like sort of adoption from other right. characters taking care of those characters. You never get to see the way the X Men handle being parents. Mm-hmm. It's like I would have loved, spoiler alert, to have seen uh, Scott be a dad to Cable. Wouldn't that have been right. amazing to sort of watch how he handles that? That didn't get it. Alternate universe. <laughs> great, great, great. <laughs> yeah, that that's... Does she ever get to see her child again or... So now we're getting to a place where there's sort of a lack of information. So I probably stopped being super up to date on the X-Men around 2012, 2013. Okay. So where I have left Rain is that she is suspended in this place of like... You know, my baby's gone. What mm-hmm. am I doing? So my hope is the way that they set it up is that that's definitely a possibility. Uh, and I hope that she does get to see it and experience it at some point in time, because it's also I think it was with the birth of her weird little half wolf, half human. Oh, because here's the other thing about Rain. The, she had um, she had a baby with a prince of asgard i believe mm-hmm. no not asgard maybe i'm using the wrong word um but she he's a wolf prince his name is him rari okay. um and so she was like yo i'm half wolf right now you are a wolf that kind of looks like a human sometimes <laughs> let's get it on is it bestiality maybe not i'm kind of a beast <laughs> So, and then the fascinating thing about this baby is this baby is like supposed to be super, super crazy strong. And so as long as Rain was pregnant with this baby, uh, she was also incredibly strong. So that way, when the baby came out of her and was tearing up her badge, mm. she was going to be okay. That's good. They don't really ever go into that kind of detail about babies coming out of the badge. Yeah. And that's all I'm looking for at comic books. It's just <laughs> talk to me about the reproductive system. <laughs> 
I'm glad you were able to get it with Rain. There's so much you got with her. Yes, agreed. I could have missed out on so much good stuff if I hadn't have gone full all in to her specifically. Uh There's just, you know, she's a real treat. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so I, uh, the other thing too, when we're talking about like Rain's super weird romantic relationships, she also has a relationship with a student, Elixir, but this ends up being a very good thing for her because she gets depowered during, is it during the house of M? I don't know. Are you familiar with house of M as far as a plot line? I know that Scarlet witch is kind of the cause of mutants not having powers. Yeah. You want to know why she does it? This is a crazy thing because she thinks she has kids that she doesn't have. She has a phantom (laughs) pregnancy and then phantom children. And all of a sudden it's like, just kidding. (laughs) And she goes, no, no more mutants, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is amazing to me. I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, that's like next level. Like not even on Dynasty did stuff like that happen, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. And so, yeah, so there are a bunch of mutants that get depowered. I actually am thinking that that is not when Rain gets depowered, but I'm not 100% sure. But anyway, she has some like banging sex with Elixir who's underage, I guess. And um, she's older. She's older. At this point. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Elixir is like, Elixir is a new mutant as Rain has sort of ascended to not being a new mutant mm, anymore. She's graduated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's not like, it's not like she's like 35 and he's 17. It's definitely probably like a 23, 17 situation. <laughs> okay. But like, if it were a dude, if she were a dude and Elixir were a chick, I would be deeply offended by that. <laughs> age range gap uh-huh. so just know Catherine Elise really taking a hard stance at, <laughs> on age gaps <laughs> good for you if you're gonna stand for anything thank you that is what I choose to stand for good so Rain is boning this underage dude which I mean I'm sure somebody's gonna come back and be like he was 19 and he'll be like well I still think it's weird he was a student and she wasn't a teacher yet but she does become a teacher so anyway she's banging this underage dude and elixir's power is that he can heal he is a he is a bomb a salve to any sort of injury that you may have Mm. and since rain's uh loss of power was some sort of injury when she bangs him, all of a sudden his magic semen comes out and cures her and she can go wolf again. Wow. But the problem is homegirl goes wolf like as oh, they no. are having sex. No. And she goes nuts. She goes feral on his ass and she just like tears him to pieces. Does he die? Almost. But he's elixir. Just, okay, so he can just so heal himself? He does, but it takes a really long time. Okay. And it's like, and you're watching it, and it's like kind of sad. And there's some part of me that thinks that this like weird goddess came down and was like, I'm going to heal you. But now I'm like, maybe that's a different storyline. But anyway, <laughs> he becomes okay. He's fine. And, and he's still, after all that, he's like, I got the hots for teacher. Like, nice. <laughs> I still am all in. Mm-hmm. And this elixir little golden boy was didn't care about him at all did not like him in the least this is also around x-force era if i'm correct which my favorite storylines with rain are uh craig kyle and chris yost did i get it right kyle yost chris craig anyway kyle and yost (laughs) kyle and yost are the the comic book creators um or the writers and they do things with her that if you told me that that was going to be the storyline ahead of time, I would say, you are an idiot. That's so stupid. But the way that they write it is so on point and so grounded in reality and truthfulness and, like, thoughtfulness. Like, she wolfs out accidentally. So this is a time period. Rain has kind of always struggled with wolfing out at inappropriate moments. (laughs) Okay. For sure. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But this is definitely when she has because the power has resurfaced because I'm also jumping around just to be clear I don't think she's pregnant right now she doesn't get pregnant with Elixir's babies so this is like pre-baby right she's on the pill yeah so she doesn't get pregnant by the sperm exactly Mm -hmm. exactly only wolf babies for her yeah so she at this point oh my gosh I totally just there's so much rain I lost my thought (laughs) okay so oh so one of the things that happens during this time period is she accidentally wolfs out and tears off Angel's wings. Oh, wow. And turns him back into Archangel, a la Apocalypse. 
Okay, we'll get into Angel some other time. <laughs> I know, I know. That's a very, very long I, podcast. Yeah, I, I was just about to go into it, but we cannot. We absolutely cannot. <laughs> but that storyline, if you had told me that that's how they were going to bring back Archangel, I would have said, I did say, when I read the uh, upcomings, I was like, that is stupid as fuck. Why <laughs> are you doing that? Why would any, like, that sounds so stupid. But the cover of that issue was amazing. The actual issue is unbelievable. You feel so scared. And it's when no. Rain is like truly scary. What I think they do an amazing job with her is she's not just like this cute little puppy thing. Mm-hmm. She is a wild goddamn animal and you best recognize. And in that moment, they do such a good job of, uh, of showing this side of her that is like the beast. The reason why she is so freaked out by this side of herself is because she will do things that she cannot control Mm. and that that is terrifying. So I am just obsessed with that, especially when you think about the fact that the guy who raised her, who you later found out really is her father. Oh, I know. And then it was her, he's really her father had sex with a prostitute. Oh, of course. So couldn't, (laughs) couldn't admit it. like a real reverend, you so know? So he was like beating her because he knew what he did. And, exactly. Oh, Jesus Christ. Exactly. I like to reveal, <laughs> I like to reveal things in the middle. I could have brought, put that up front, but isn't it funner now yeah, that we know now? Yeah. So he struggled with alcoholism. And for me, I always look at uh, werewolf, that sort of mythology as being a one-to-one comparison with addiction of this idea of like who you turn into when you are no longer in control of yourself. Mm. And I think that there's a lot of correlation between what happens to her when she wolfs out and her fear of wolfing out and also her fear of her father when he was drinking. Mm -hmm. As my own personal, you know, real deep No, that is really good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not like extremely familiar with her, but yeah, I can see how... You know, you could you can relate to that. Like a lot of people can relate to that because it is. I mean, I think we all have that fear mm-hmm. in us, you know, of like losing control and not knowing what would happen if that happens. And I don't I'm not saying like that everyone would get into like a rage mode or anything like that. But like, you know, you talked about, you know, alcoholism, like mm-hmm. if you get real fucked up, you lose yourself. You can lose yourself to that and do some crazy shit that you will later regret or it can be like, you know, fatal or whatever it is. But yep. wow. Yeah. Um. That would be a perfect thing to leave off on, but there was something I wanted to ask Great. you. Great, go for it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I know that uh, when she first joins the New Mutants, or maybe not when she first joins, but when she's with the New Mutants, uh, whenever she's like in her wolf or like semi-wolf form, she's able to psychically link with one of the other X-Men. Oh my gosh, you saying that just like jarred my brain <laughs> because there is a moment, because I think the other thing too about it is it has to do with the other character being some sort of animalistic thing mm, too. Or she like talks to animals or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, you're really putting me on the spot to try and remember <laughs> what this is. And I'm not, it's not jumping to the front of my mind. I, but I don't think it's Danielle Moonstar. I was thinking that it was Danny Moonstar actually uh, because Danny Moonstar is also the native, she is a Native American right. character. And I had, a, and I know that they are super close. And so that was the first one that jumped to my brain. But then I was like, Maybe it's not particularly her. Did Danny have the power to like show you your greatest fears or your greatest pleasures or was that someone else? Great question. You're asking all okay. the good questions. <laughs> Danny Moonstar is not my matter of fact. I told you I came in for Wolf one, Spain. One, so. person and one person only and that was my fault for asking the question. <laughs> I am so sorry. No, no, but that's also a super interesting conversation because there's this whole other thing that I will keep very short, but the whole other thing that... Wolf Spain struggles with a lot, I think, is her relationship with women. Um, I think she is always looking for some sort of mother figure. And that is something that she struggles with a lot. And with the death of Moira and, and that sort of thing, I think Danny is kind of the first time that you really get to see her connect with her femininity, which mm-hmm. is another thing that I think is a huge arc for Wolf Spain is learning how to be okay with being female. Because I think that female equates weak to her in a lot of ways mm. which oh baby yeah that's a, there's that, that that's yeah <laughs> yeah that's a whole other can of worms for sure and so yeah there is this whole other side of 
Rain Sinclair that I, I just think she really embodies a lot of what the female experience is, especially if you're a nerd girl mm-hmm. that I, I just think that she's so many of the other X-Men characters and not to take away from any of the X-Men, other X-Men women, which I know have really meant a lot to a lot of other people. Mystique has meant a lot to me personally, but I think that Rain really connects specifically to a certain type of nerd girl that just feels separated Mm -hmm. from what it means to be a woman and then sort of learning to embrace that in yourself. Yeah. Wow. So she's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, she sounds amazing. Does this make you want to read stuff? It about does. Her? And that's where my next question will come from. Um, do you have any recommendations for people who don't know her or maybe do know a little bit about her that would like really grab them and want to learn more about her? Kyle and Yost's run of X-Force is absolutely a great place to start. But if you she her first appearance, I believe, is in New Mutants number four. Uh, but I, she kind of, when she comes out, when you first kind of are hearing about her, I don't think it's as gripping. One of my personal favorite issues, especially if you feel like you have a good grasp of where she came from, there is an issue Excalibur number 93. I think, um, she has this great moment where you, she, she like doesn't drink, but she finally decides to go to the bar with the X-Men and she like can cans on the bar <laughs> with them. And she's like really having a she nice moment. Can-cans. Yes. <laughs> but if you just want like great vintage emo, uh, emo Wolfsbane, you got to go New Mutants. I mean, that's when mm-hmm. she's the most emo. You get to watch her being in love with Sam Guthrie and him like not being into her. Oh. And like, <laughs> it's the best. And so I would say you could definitely start in New Mutants. But if you're looking for kind of her in the middle of her story and somebody doing something really interesting with her, Kyle and Yost is the way to yeah. go. Yeah, I mean, I think personally, I would probably start there just because that sounds so fascinating and fucked up. Yeah. Um, but for those who are looking for a more of like a fun and awkward and mm-hmm. an emo character. Yeah, New Mutants. That sounds great. Yeah, and Bachelot is, I think, one of the best artists to draw her as well. When you get into the older books, you're kind of dealing with the fact that everybody looks very strange in 80s and it's hard to connect with them. But mm-hmm. you get me some Chris Bachelot long-haired, her <laughs> with uh, with some combat boots and just rocking out all this metal stuff. Like, she, it's amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. Catherine. Thank you so much for doing this show. That is such a great conversation. She is fascinating, and I never knew all that about her. Like, I knew some things, but wow. Um, Where can people find you and what you're doing? Uh, So my Twitter and Instagram handles are Catherine, not IRL. So Catherine, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, because there's so many ways to spell it. (laughs) Not IRL, not in real life. Uh, because that is my internet persona. Sometimes I like to explain my names to people. <laughs> <laughs> and the other big, uh, the other big pun intended, maybe the other big thing that you can catch me on is the fat one on YouTube. It is a rom-com between a chubby girl and herself. And yeah. And then I also wrote a piece for, on Medium that is doing fairly well, which is nice. Yeah, which is great. And it's called Why This Fat Ass Wrote Herself a Sex Scene. So you just want to get real into <laughs> talks about sexuality and and weird feelings about your body. That is the place to go. And I do. I will also like jump on board with that. Yes, the fat one is so good. Oh, I really, you. really like it. It, it. it does stuff that you don't see anyone else doing, which is the fact that you're like embracing, you know, the fat word and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. there's, you know, the stigma around it. And what do we call it? Are we going to like tiptoe around it? And you're just like, no, don't do that. Or, or like respect it. But like, you know, know what you're doing and and you kind of like talk about that stuff and it's great. Thank you. And my hope too, with that particular series is this idea that we can acknowledge fatness as one part of a human and that doesn't have to be all of them. Uh And so it's a lot about that struggle of like, whatever your personal word is, I'm sure everyone has something that it's like society wants to go, oh yeah, you're just that one thing. How do you embrace that one thing? Not like try and run away from it, Mm -hmm. but also not make that your whole identity. So 
I deeply appreciate you and also loved you for coming to be a part of it. It was so wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, you can play I Spy on episode 201 and try and find Richard in the audience (laughs) of a a pretty fun party that was Uh happening. (laughs) A weird party. (laughs) Weird party. Weird fun party. Weird fun party. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much, Catherine. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. That was Catherine Elise. That was such a fun conversation. That character, Rain Sinclair, has such a fucked up story. <laughs> At least a fucked up origins. I mean, Jesus Christ. But anyway, um, that was so much fun. If you have anything that you want to add to that, that you think was super important that we just completely missed, remember you can go to the website. That's interviewacomicnerd.com and click on the episode and then you can just add on to the conversation that's happening right there. I will be in that conversation. I will reply to you. Remember, I want this information. So don't feel shy about sharing anything. Any of your um, but actuallys. I love it. So please share that with me. Um, So yeah, like I said at the top of the show, we are going to be weekly. I lied on the first episode. So keep tuning in. Hit that subscribe button. I'm having a ton of fun. Uh, Where can you find me? Last time I told you that we weren't going to have a Twitter account, but then that was also a lie. So if you want to hit us up on Twitter, the Twitter account is interview a nerd. Um, I believe that's it. If I'm wrong, I'm very sorry about that. But that is what the Twitter handle is. Um, The website is interviewacomicnerd.com. I think think that's pretty much all we have going on right now as far as social media but like i said we'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions of characters that you want to hear about let me know i will try to find someone if you're an expert and you really want to talk about a character you love let me know we can arrange something we'll have you on the show it'll be super fun uh but that's pretty much it so thanks for tuning into this episode and subscribe do all the things like I don't know. Do you like on iTunes? Anyway, do the things. Do the things for me. It'll make me happy. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.